Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Okay, let's jump in to God's Word today. Week one, sellout. The title of the message is, Who, Who Am I? Who Am I? This will set the foundation for where we're heading as a church. This six-week series is a study of the life of Daniel. God demonstrated his supernatural power and he honored the one who honored him by blessing Daniel with respect of four different Babylonian emperors. Finally, the last Babylonian emperor was Cyrus and he granted the Jewish people freedom so they could return home to Jerusalem. It's a powerful book of the Bible that teaches us how do we stand in an ungodly time. But it's more than just scripture, it's actually prophecy. And it's a powerful prophetic word for you and for me today. And as we study this book, we're gonna see these prophetic words come into our lives and into our church. Let's jump into 1 Daniel verse 1 to 2. During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Israel and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylon and placed them in the treasure house of his God. What's, what's going on here? Well, unfortunately, the Israelites had rebelled against their God yet again. They turned their back on their God, Jehovah Jireh. They worshipped other idols. They married foreign uh, nations and they stopped pursuing their God. So God brought some correction and he allowed the Babylonians to actually take over their nation. And they took sacred objects from the temple, which means it was a real in-your-face um, demonstration that it seemed that the God of Israel had lost out to the God of Babylon. In other words, when the, the, the sacred articles were taken out of the temple, God's people were wondering, is there still a God? Is, is the God of Israel still here? Because something so terrible has happened. Funny, in our lives, we can think the same things when bad things happen. But I want to remind you, God is always in control. No matter what comes our way, God is bigger and He is greater. And sometimes as Christians, we can think we're, we're losing out in this world or, or we're being silenced or we're being persecuted or we're being held down. But I want you to take courage today. God has always got a bigger and a greater plan. And in verse 3, then the king ordered Ashpenzah, the chief of the staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and the other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men. So Nebuchadnezzar, he's the supreme leader of Babylon. He was feared throughout the world. 
after a victory, he had a practice. And it was to take the best and the brightest from the place that he had just overcome to take them as hostages and indoctrinate them into the ways of Babylon. Then he would leave the poor people behind to take whatever lands they wanted. Very, very brilliant um, uh, mind politically because the people that he left behind, they all of a sudden were living large in these houses and these farmlands that they could never hang on to. So they were kind of like, this is cool. We, we, we get to have this new house and this new boat and this new car. And then the nobles, those wise and wealthy families would be taken as hostages to be taught the ways of Babylon. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah were four of these young men chosen from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was named Belshazzar. So Daniel had a name in Hebrew. It means God is my judge. The Babylonian empire gave him another name. The first thing they did was to rename him. And his name was meaning Bel's prince. Now, Bel was the chief Babylonian god. So basically, the renaming says, you're not a child of God, Jehovah Jireh. You're now a child of Babylon's god, Bel, which was this chief Babylonian god. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating food and wine given to him by the king. And the word defile means the thought of polluting. He wanted to remain spiritually pure. So here's what Nebi decided to do. Nebi, Nebuchadnezzar, get it? Nebi. Nebi's plan was to rename and to retrain. Rename and retrain. Rename by giving him a new Babylonian name and to retrain by feeding him from the king's kitchens and feeding him the Babylonian ways of education and training. And here's the thing. Satan, our enemy, does the same thing to you and to me today. The world wants to rename you. The world wants to retrain you. And we're going to look at these scriptures and see how we need to stand strong like Daniel did to not allow the world to change us and not let the world rename us or retrain us. Firstly, the world wants to rename you. We ended 2021 last year with a series unto us where we looked at the names of God, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Now, as we start 2022, I want to ask you, what's your name? What's the name, not what's on your birth certificate or your license. What's the name that's written into your heart? Who are you? Who are you? Because the enemy wants to rename you. And so it's important that we understand who we are so we can hang on to the name that God has given. My father was an alcoholic. He was a workaholic. Uh, he was very promiscuous. He did not know Christ. Um, I grew up with some abuse. Uh, I grew up with a stutter. 
and my parents were divorced and I could have allowed any one of those experiences to define me, to rename me. And so often in life, this world wants to rename you. But by God's grace, I found out at 15 that I'm actually a child of God, that I was born as a son or a daughter of God, and that my journey in following Christ started with understanding who I am. I'm actually a child of God, and so are you. Because when you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. That my fulfillment comes from the Holy Spirit, not from a bottle that has some spirit. Or my identity is in Christ, not in my works. That I kept myself pure sexually for my wife. I was a virgin and my wife was too. That we followed God's plan in dating that we've kept ourselves for each other since we've been married, that I've always tried to honor her and to show my four sons to treat women with respect and honor, to bring the best out in them, that, that, that I've been renamed as a child of God to live the ways of the Lord. Now, sure, I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to blow it, but that doesn't mean I lose who I am. It means it centers me back that through Christ, I can be who he's designed me to be. Ephesians 1.4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be what? To be holy and blameless in his sight. Well, what about you today? Maybe you were renamed in primary school when you were called useless or fat or ugly or picked on, or bullied. And all these years later, you've got a great job, and a great family, and, a, and go into a great church, but those names have shaped you. They haunt you. They're echoing in your mind. They've renamed you. Or, or maybe you were renamed when you grew up on the wrong side of, tra of the tracks in a poor part of town and you didn't have the privileges of others or you were born into a, a bad situation or you're a victim of a wrongdoing. Maybe that experience has renamed you. Or maybe you were renamed when you went through bankruptcy or divorce or had an abortion or went through a, a very, very difficult breakup. Don't let the world rename you. Don't let the lies of Satan rename you. Or, or maybe you were renamed because you looked differently or your outward appearance or, or you had a handicap or you were, uh, didn't have enough um, you know, brains to be able to do what people wanted you to do or you, you didn't measure up to your parents or your coach. Don't let anyone other than God name you. You're a child of God. You're a son and a daughter of the Most High. You're, you're the apple of His eye. You're the head and not the tail. Let the Word of God rename you, that you understand your identity is in Christ, not in this world. The number one goal of the enemy, Satan, is to attack your identity. He wants to give you a different name. 
one that stands in direct contrast to the name God gave you when he created you. Honestly, this breaks my heart when I see great Christians who believe the lies of the enemy. They're living with shame and guilt and they're living with these lies and these names that people gave them or they received by mistakes they made. You are not what you've done. You are not what people say you are. You are who God says you are. What what about you? Do you know your true name? Do you know who you are? As we start this year, 2022, let's get our identity right. Who are we in Christ? Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork. You're God's handiwork. Yes, you are. Created in Jesus Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Why does this matter? Because what you believe about yourself dictates what you do. In fact, Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. But what we think about ourselves determines what we do. The enemy wants to rename you. The enemy also wants to retrain you. That's point number two. The world wants to retrain you. Back to the story of Daniel. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to him by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Please test us for seven days on a diet of vegetables and water. You see, the foods at the palace were actually forbidden by Jewish law. They weren't kosher. They were probably sacrificed to idols. So eating these foods represent more than just eating uh, food. It represents being disobedient to God. And so Daniel did not want to be disobedient to his God. So thousands of years later, this is where we get the Daniel fast, where it's basically fruit and veggies, no dairy, no meat, no sugars. Yet this was because Daniel wanted to follow the laws of God, not the laws of man. And so the world wants to retrain you to follow the, world's, the, the ways of the world, whereas God wants to train you to follow His ways. The reason we fast during this season is to strengthen our spirit. Because we have a flesh, but we also have a spirit. So when we deny the flesh, our flesh weakens. And when we feed the spirit on worship and and the Bible and prayer, our spirit grows stronger. And Daniel knew that to make a stand, he could not follow the ways of the world. He had to follow the ways of God. So for Daniel, this wasn't a food issue. This was an obedience issue, an obedience to God's law issue. Now, we don't have these same laws today with the New Testament through Christ. We, can, we don't have these same kosher rules of eating foods. But there are the laws of God's word that we're supposed to follow. Research shows that 70% of people 
in the U.S. identify themselves as Christians. But research also shows that 16% make moral choices based on what the Bible says. Hang on a minute. We've got 70% that say they're Christians, but only 16% make decisions based on the Bible. This means that most Christians have non-Christian worldviews. You may be a believer on your way to heaven, yet still not have a Christian worldview because you got it from the world, not from God's word. When people ask me all the time about a a current issue or or a current event that's going on, I often respond, what makes you think my opinion matters? My opinion doesn't matter. It's squat. It's worthless. The only thing that matters is what God's word says. It's a good reminder for us in this day and age. It's not opinions we follow. It's God's word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to what? To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. As the world wants to retrain you through social media, through your screens, through streaming, through, through the world's point of view, God wants to reveal his truth, his ways through his word. Can I just give a shout out to our kids ministry and our youth ministry? Because in church, these are absolutely critical places where the battle of belief is waged. There is a war going on for our children's identity and our children's education. And it's in our children's church, it's in kids ministry and youth ministry where we teach God's word. It's in our Sunday services where we share God's word. It's in our life groups that we feed on God's word. It's in our prayer meetings that we share scripture and God's word that we're able to train ourselves on the ways of God. I just wanna challenge every parent out there, whatever you do, make sure you stay consistent We're teaching your children the ways of the Lord. The Bible talks about writing the law on the tablet of their heart, wrapping it around their finger. Get your kids into kids ministry. Get them into youth. Get them to church. It's important. It matters. Because there is a world through a screen that is bombarding them with lies, trying to teach them everything opposite to God's word. When we look at the life of Daniel, he knew who he was. He didn't allow the world to rename him. He didn't allow the world to retrain him. He stuck firm to his faith. Another way to put it is Daniel was disciplined. And this is what I'm calling our church to be this year. As we start this year of 2022, we need to be a people who are disciplined. You can't have discipleship without being disciplined. 
Discipline is, is praying, it's reading God's Word, it's, it's fasting, it's coming to those corporate prayer meetings and worship nights, surrounding yourself with other believers. Don't go down the way of comfort and ease. Follow the ways of God and learn His path today. I don't know what your name is. I don't know what you believe about yourself, but I want to tell you the gospel. And that is that Jesus came to die for you, to rename you as a child of God. And I don't know where your faith is at or where you're at with God right now, but you are valuable. You are a child of God. You were born with a purpose to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And maybe today you don't. You're, you've been renamed. Today's the day to take your life back, to find your identity in Christ with eyes closed, heads bowed. That's you and you know it. You need Jesus to rename you. The Bible calls it being born again. Isn't that interesting? When you're born, you're given a name by your parents. When you're born again, you're given a new name by your God, your Father in heaven, child of God. If that's you, you want to be renamed. You want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Raise it up on high. Say yes to Him. I want to pray for you that God will rename you, not because of our works, but because of God's grace, that He lived a perfect life. He died and He rose again so we could be forgiven and we could be renamed child of God. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every person that wants to be renamed because of the grace of Jesus Christ, we can be saved. We can be called children of God. Jesus is the only way, the only one that can do this. And today I pray for every person who has made that decision for Jesus to be their Lord and their Savior. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Everyone said, Amen.